imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Hership Global Program. I am so excited to welcome all of you to today's conversation with Heather Monahan about creating confidence for next level leadership. Did you know that confidence predicts success much more than competence? Today, there is a particular crisis for women, and that's a crisis of confidence, which can actually hinder your success. In fact, there's a vast confidence gap that separates the sexes. Compared with men, women don't consider themselves worthy of promotions, they predict they'll do worse on tests, and they generally underestimate their significant ability. A growing body of research shows just how devastating this lack of confidence can be. Women don't feel qualified for advancement, they hold back on seeking options and opportunities, and in fact, women only feel confident when they're perfect or practically perfect. The good news, though, is that with work, confidence can be acquired, which means that the confidence gap can be closed. To talk with us today about how to create confidence for next-level leadership is Heather Monahan. She's a best-selling author and a TEDx and keynote speaker focused on helping leaders create confidence and leapfrog their villains. I am so excited for all of you to meet Heather. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Linda. I'm so excited to be here. You know, it's funny, the journey for me to ultimately choose the path that I'm on now stemmed from being in corporate America and really not showing up as that most authentic, confident, powerful version of myself. I found, sadly, that in order to get ahead in corporate America, people preferred when I was dimming my light. People, certain people, people ahead of me or, you know, in the, that executive level didn't like when I started amplifying my light. So as I would turn down and dim my light, I would really break my confidence, I would chip away at my own confidence because I wasn't being that that real version of me. And, and so many of us in corporate America have to put on that proverbial mask to make somebody happy or make somebody else comfortable. And, you know, I look back at those times, I never stopped and thought, wait a minute, maybe I'm at the wrong company. Maybe if I was with the right people, they would be, you know, champions. And, and it's funny today, you mentioned I'm on the board of HealthLink Corporation. When I walk into a board meeting, my team is cheering me on. They're always trying to push me to go to the next level. I finally understand what it's like to be at the right table. Maybe I understood it before, but I ignored it. And the longer that I ignored it, the more I chipped away at my confidence, ultimately so much so that after 14 years, a great run at one company, I was a chief revenue officer. As you mentioned, I had just been named one of the most influential women in radio. And three weeks later, the CEO I worked for became ill. He elevated his daughter to replace him and she fired me immediately. She was definitely one of the people 
that wanted me to dim my light. She was definitely one of the people that always gave me that side eye and disapproving look and didn't respond to emails and just made my life difficult. And when she fired me, it was really that moment to say, okay, you know, was I just successful because of the company I was at? Was I just successful because this is what I've done my entire career? Or is it because of me? Is, does this mean I could actually go out and do something else and find and create success? And it was a very low moment in my life, but the beauty of it ended up being that that moment that woman thought she fired me, I had actually fired my number one villain from my life. And when you fire the most negative people from your life, you set yourself up to take off. Again, I didn't know it at the time, but I definitely figured it out shortly thereafter. Oh my gosh, that is brilliant. You fired your villain. That is absolutely so insightful. So powerful, a great, great advice. Now, at the top of the program, we noted that evidence shows that women are less self-assured than men and that to succeed, confidence matters as much, if not more, than confidence. But it's not an easy task to change your worldview and cultivate confidence. So how do you begin building confidence in your personal or professional life beyond firing your villains? Right. For, for me, step one was firing your villains, getting negative people out of your life. So first and foremost, I would say take an assessment. Just think to yourself during the day, journal, whatever it is for you to really rate. How do you feel around different people that you're working with in your personal life? Some people will come back to me and say, I feel awful when I'm with my husband. He puts me down all the time. Well, well then that's a problem, right? These are the situations that we need to deal with. And again, I say fire your villains doesn't mean the other person's a bad person, but it means until you free yourself from that situation where you're being put down or you're being looked down upon, you're not ever really going to reach your confidence potential or your potential, you know, in life and business um, regardless. So create some boundaries, have some direct conversations or remove yourself from situations. But that's step one for sure. And that was definitely my biggest one. For other people, that villain in their life lies between their own two ears, right? So for many of us, and, and this was me for years when I was younger, I would run a constant tape beating myself up. So why did I do that? Why did I blow it? Oh, you're such an idiot. I would constantly speak to myself in a very silent, negative manner. And I didn't realize that over time that was chipping away at my confidence, right? That villain was actually within me. And until I chose and I made a conscious choice to rewrite that narrative and start speaking to myself. And it happened when I had my son. I remember I gave birth and my whole world changed like so many of us do. And I started thinking how I spoke to him was so beautiful and loving and kind. Yet the way I spoke to myself was the complete and total opposite. And I just realized if I start modeling this behavior for him at some point in his life, he's going to start speaking to himself in a negative manner. And I don't want that. So I thought, okay, this is my why. Here's why I'm going to do it. I want my son to grow up and run a better narrative in his mind. So I need to change mine now before he's old enough to recognize what I'm doing. So I took out a piece of paper and I wrote down, you know, things that I want to say to myself. If I walk into a presentation and I make a mistake, how am I going to speak to myself next time? Right. And I would write down, it's okay. That was not your last presentation. This is how we grow. You're going to get better as a result of this. This is a learning experience, a growth experience. I just started talking to myself the way I would speak to my son. And at first it was forced, right? I, I, would, I would run into a situation. I'd catch myself speaking negatively. 
I'd go home and I'd rewrite what I said to myself and I would read it multiple times. Then, you know, even during the pandemic, because it was such an uncertain time, some of my bad habits kicked back in, right? Heather, why aren't you in a better financial situation? Why are you putting all this pressure on yourself? And so I decided, go to what works, rewrite your narrative. And I wrote a list of things. I am powerful. I am confident. I am creative. I solve problems. I find solutions. And I would start running that narrative every time I would wash my hands, right? So I was washing my hands like a crazy person, doing it you know, 20 times a day. So 20 times a day, I was rewriting this narrative in my mind that I was going to find solutions. I am a problem solver. I am powerful and I'm confident. And it really helped me to start focusing on what I wanted to do instead of holding myself back. So that, that's another really powerful way. Another great tip, especially for women around confidence creation, is to stop apologizing for everything. And I learned this lesson in the gym. I remember I was going to Barry's boot camp for a while. And you're on a treadmill looking at the mirror, right? And so I would say in my mind, powerful, positive things to myself. The minute I would get off the treadmill to go grab the weights and do the floor workout, people would bump into me, you know, just at a mistake. And I would say, sorry, sorry, sorry. And by the time I would get over to start the workout, I wasn't feeling that powerful anymore. I was on the treadmill feeling great. And now I'm apologizing to everyone that runs into me and I didn't feel as well. So I thought, okay, for seven days, I'm going to challenge myself not to apologize for anything. And so I rewrote apologizing and I, I started to focus on gratitude. So if someone would bump into me, I would simply say, excuse me, right? Or, you know, just something very basic, but I wouldn't apologize. I wouldn't blame myself for them bumping into me. If I walked into a meeting late, I would say, thank you so much for your patience. Let's begin. You know, I started thinking about gratitude in any situation that I could. And thank you for your understanding. Thank you for working with me. And suddenly I was feeling a little bit you know, more confident, a little bit taller, a little bit more powerful. And I realized I had been giving my power away and I was no longer going to do it. I also see women specifically in business and in meetings, they will be disempowering with their word choices. And I'll give you a couple of examples. People will say in a meeting, hey, Heather, what do you think? And I might say, well, I think that when you say I think and you elevate your voice, that's disempowering, right? So if someone says, do you think we should hire this person? I think that that person could be a good fit or John is a good fit. Jo well, obviously dropping I think is making you much more powerful, not only for you, but for everybody around you. We don't need to add these softening words into a sentence. Start thinking to yourself, what words can I strip out of a sentence that aren't needed? Because the more you just get to the facts, your opinion, your decision, and leave out these buffer words, the stronger you're going to feel, the stronger you're going to show up, and the stronger you're going to appear to everybody around you. And again, those aren't words that are creating arguments, right? It's not about being full of yourself. It's about owning who you are, your opinion, and your insight. I love that. And there are a couple of things you said there that I think are so insightful. One is about having courageous conversations being able to step into conversations with those around you who may not even be aware of how they are sabotaging your self-confidence. And the other thing that you noted that I thought was so smart is to all of a sudden raise your awareness on the tapes that you're playing inside your mind. So what are you telling yourself 
in addition to being aware of what others are telling you. And if others are saying things that are somehow undermining your self-confidence, then step into a courageous conversation and make them aware of that. But at the same time, I think confidence can begin with ourselves and being able to be aware of what we're telling ourselves. So if you've suffered from low self-esteem, you're probably very familiar with this idea of rumination or the tendency to mull over worries and perceived mistakes, replaying them over and over and over again. And excessive rumination is linked to both anxiety and depression. It can actually make us withdraw from the world. But you can actually break this cycle of overthinking and quiet that inner critic that you mentioned today. What are a few tips to help with focusing on anxiety and worry and silencing that inner critic? You know, one of the things that I did a couple of years ago is I would write down on a piece of paper situations that I was nervous walking into and the actual outcomes, right? And so I would write down three things that went great that I was really scared about walking into, doubting myself, undermining myself. And the reality was they turned out really well. We've all got those situations in our life where we, oh my gosh, this thing could go terrible. And actually they went great. So give yourself that proof, right? For me, that's social proof, real, real proof for me that the chances are I'm nervous again to walk into a situation, but the facts are telling me I've got a really strong chance it's going to go well. So immediately to me, I'm getting real. I'm, I'm basically taking a belief that isn't full of truth. I'm distilling it down to the most simplistic shred of fact that might be there. And and really taking that anxiety down a notch, you know, lowering that expectation. I remember I did that for myself when I gave my TEDx talk. I was so nervous walking out there and I, I was just in my head of, what if I forget my lines and this is gonna live, you know, forever on TEDx and I, if I blow it, I'm, I'm screwed, right? All these really big anxiety and fear thoughts came into my mind. I grabbed lavender and, and inhaled that. For me, scents work really well for some people. If this resonates, definitely keep lavender in your car. That's what I would always do when I was going to big meetings. I would inhale it right before I walk in so I can get calm and centered. But right before I was about to walk out when they were calling my name, I remember closing my eyes and saying, if you don't walk out there, you'll never forgive yourself. If you blow it, I'm gonna be so proud of you. I lowered the expectation, not that I have to kill it, not that I have to be perfect, but if you blow it, I'm still proud you actually walked out there and did it, right? So reframe the situation. You're walking into a big meeting, you're nervous. First, look at the facts, look at the other meetings where you killed it, you were nervous and you did really well. Chances say you're probably doing really well on this one too. Inhale your lavender and then lower the expectations. You know what, walking in there is the win and I'm gonna be so proud of you after you do it. Oh, I love that. So regardless of the outcome, you can be proud of yourself for the attempt. You can be proud of yourself, the preparation, the readiness that you were able to create in stepping onto the stage. So I, I love that. Celebrating the journey, not just the outcome. Linda, one of the things that is important about people to understand, because some people are going to say, yeah, but so what? If I kill, if I don't do well, I'm going to be in trouble. You're paving the way, the fact that you walked into that meeting, that you took the seat, you're paving the way for the woman behind you, the women that are coming up behind you. You took the seat, right? You went in there and did it and that's showing other women they can do it. So in those moments, you can't do it for yourself, do it for those people coming after you. Oh, so smart. I love that. Because you're right, with every glass ceiling that we break, we're simply creating an opportunity for 
to grab a ladder and pull other women up with us. So I think that is just brilliant. So I've also heard that selecting one area for personal or professional development can actually be a really good place to start in cultivating confidence. So simply identifying one area and then determine the action steps that you're going to take to help you reach that desired outcome. So put these steps literally on a timeline and then implement each step according to a plan. No excuses. My sense is that the feedback I've heard is that every small step you take will then be a great boost to confidence because every small step you take on the path to accomplishing this ideal that you've created, this one goal for personal or professional development can be a great boost to confidence. So what advice do you give women that are interested in developing an action plan and implementing it to help develop and cultivate this idea of confidence. I talk about this in my first book, Confidence Creator. Here's what I did. I created a 30-day plan. I literally put a grid on a piece of paper. I get very intentional and clear. My goal is to get at a 10 out of 10 on confidence by the end of 30 days. What does that look like to me, right? So I thought, oh, I know a time in my life where I was confident. And it could be in your personal life. It could be at the gym. It it doesn't matter, but you felt what confidence was like. Like you really know what that, get that picture of you at that point in time in your life and put it in different places in your office, in your home. So that's your target. That's your goal. It's no different than if I'm going to lose weight for a vacation and there's a bikini I want to wear, that bikini is going to be all over the house because I want to see that visual imagery to remind me, this is where I'm going. No excuses. I'm going to get there, right? This is the goal. I'm going to visualize myself feeling my most confident at the end of 30 days. We've got to give ourselves a timeline, a deadline, and hold yourself accountable. Tell someone you love, hey, this is something I'm working on, super important to me. I want to start showing up as a more powerful version of myself. Will you check in with me once a week on how this is going? And then start writing down every day on that grid, what are the action steps you took that day that you feel proud of because you know they're helping you become more confident? I raised my hand in the meeting. I, I asked my boss for a meeting to you know, ask for my raise. I took time for myself after work today and went to the gym. I invested in me. You know, Whatever the things are that you're doing, write them down. And at the same time, write down one or two things you're grateful for in that day. Try to tie together the feelings of gratitude with the feelings of you accomplishing and going after your goals. It will just make it more real that you're going to be able to do it and that you're enjoying it, right? That life is supposed to be about joy and good things happening for you and you being proud of who you are. You'll start building momentum and seeing just after that first week, I remember writing all these things down. I started writing down the unexpected things I never knew were going to show up. And suddenly, Linda, doors were opening, opportunities were opening. And I truly believe it's because I put out there this intention that this is where I'm going. I got clear on what that looks like. I remember what that feels like. I had someone helping to hold me accountable. So I was not going to give up. And I was charting my progress. And suddenly, really positive things started happening. I started building momentum. And of course, as we all know, an object in motion remains in motion. So once you get that momentum, you really start to take off. I love that. Because when you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have value, then you instantly become a stronger person. You respect yourself and you demand respect. And for me, confidence isn't just about knowing that you're good at something. 
it pushes you to be even better. You take pride in that skill or that talent or that gift, so you continue to cultivate it. So what are some of the other benefits that you found in cultivating confidence? You know, one of the biggest benefits was stepping into who I really am. As I had mentioned, I wore that proverbial mask for a while. So when you're wearing a mask, you're not going to share your unique, crazy ideas that you have because you just assume it's not going to be appreciated and I should fall in line like everybody else. The more I started dressing as the real me, wearing my hair as the real me, you know, wearing a perfume I liked and saying, if somebody doesn't like it, I got you. Like that's, I won't sit across the table from you. I'll sit at a dip, you know, but really just being me for who I am, the more I felt compelled to start sharing my unique and innovative ideas, not crazy, unique and innovative, right? And then I started saying, if these ideas aren't landing with these people, if these people aren't open-minded enough to want to innovate, to want to try different things, maybe that was the cue. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. Maybe I'm more creative than the people around me. And if they're not willing to risk and try, how are we ever going to get bigger and grow? How are we going to get to that next level? So really showing up as that real you, taking those chances to share your creative ideas, your innovation with the world, that's really when I started feeling more powerful, more proud. And those, those moves ultimately led me to getting fired, which ended up being the biggest blessing in the world for me. I love that. Now, I've also heard that finding a mentor can be helpful in building confidence. So finding those around you who are really confident um, and continue to take one new risk after another. And maybe they're not always successful. Maybe sometimes they actually fail. But watching how they respond to those risks and how they continue to forge forward, even in the face of adversity, even in the face of failure, can be incredibly motivating. So finding out how they do what they do, asking them for feedback, asking them to be your accountability partner in your action plan. I got to tell you, most confident people that I know are really happy to help. They remember the courage and effort that's taken them to get to where they are today. So how have you, Heather, seen mentorship make a difference for women? Well, I think that we live in the most dynamic time for mentorship because you don't even have to know the person to have access to their advice, their tips, their strategies, right? If you want to know how Gary Vee built the one of the largest personal brands in the world, all you have to do is follow him on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and watch his YouTube videos, read his books, listen to his podcast. You can have a mentor anywhere you are at any point in time. And as you change and evolve, you can pick different people to access information on, right? It doesn't have to be one static. I remember when I was younger, it was, I'm going to go after an in-person mentor, someone who's in their 60s and has had the jobs that I want to have. And I will sit with them, you know, once a week. And they, that's great. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but I actually find that I'm evolving and learning so much more by reading different books, listening to different podcasts, following different people, and then really sticking with the ones that resonate at that point in time. And it changes over time. And, and that's good. It should be that way, right? I don't want to live the exact same life that man in his 60s was living that I was sitting with who was mentoring me in, in my 20s. I want to be the best version of me. And yes, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the information and the content people create, but it's also okay to access the information that fits you at different point in times in your journey. Oh, so smart because you're right. We're always evolving and changing. 
And it's important to be sensitive to what we need at different junctures of our career or our development or our evolution as leaders. So that brings me to our final question, which is, what is the one piece of leadership advice, Heather, that's made the biggest impact on your success that you'd like to share with others? You know, coming from a culture in corporate America where mistakes were not allowed, truly, they would say to us, no surprises, no mistakes. You know, this was that was the environment I was in for 14 years. I had the opportunity to interview Sarah Blakely a few years ago. And as we sat down and, and I asked her, you know, really, what do you credit the success that Spanx has had, this massive success? She said, really, from the leadership example my father set for me as a child, and here's what she said. As a child, she would come home and have dinner with her family. And her father's first question to everyone was, how did you fail today? And so she'd have to say, I tried out for the swim team. I didn't make it. And everyone would clap. And it was all about celebrate the fails, not the wins. He thought people had it wrong. What happened to her was she became so comfortable stepping into unknown and failing and not feeling a negative connotation, but actually feeling a positive one. Wow, that was great. I learned something. I'm going to move on to the next thing. She carried that into business. And that's why she took that major risk, launched a product no one had ever heard of with $5,000 in her pocket, never took funding, which everyone told her was wrong. She kept stepping into unknown saying, oh, well, if I fail, it'll be a win. And then she took that culture and implemented it in Spanx. Every Friday, she would hold a leadership team meeting with her, her senior leaders. And it was called the oops meeting where they would sit and every person was responsible to share one mistake or one fail they had made that week in their department and everyone would get up and celebrate it. Wow, that is such a refreshing and innovative way of really cultivating this idea of taking risks and not being afraid of failure. And in fact, celebrating the learning that comes from failure. That is brilliant. Heather, thank you so much. I got to tell you, this has got to be one of my all-time favorite episodes of Lead Hership Global because it's all about stepping into courage, stepping into bold leadership, really confronting those villains and cultivating confidence. And that's absolutely what we stand for at Lead Hership Global. We are so lucky to have you with us today. And for all of you listening again, this is Heather Monahan, best-selling author, keynote speaker, TEDx speaker, and podcast host. And Heather, again, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us so generously today. Oh, Linda, thanks so much for having me. Love doing it. Thank you for joining Lead Hership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Lead Hership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.